Welcome to Trade Experts, flipping the script on the common narrative of international trade. We shine a light on the bright female leaders of this dynamic field in order for female voices to be heard and recognized equally in debates about trade policy, whether in the media, at conferences, or at negotiating tables worldwide. From trade policy, economics, and law to regulation, technology, and digital policy, these experts will be overlooked no more. Let's challenge the status quo. On today's podcast, we have Leslie Griffin. She has published a blog on the Trade Experts COVID blog titled Trade Facilitation and the Response to COVID-19, an update on the WTO Trade Facilitation Agreement. Thanks, Leslie, for joining us today. Can you give us a little bit of introduction about yourself? Thank you, Kelly, for having me. So uh, my name is Leslie Griffin. I uh, had a 20 plus year trade career in Washington, DC, uh, a little bit in the trade association world, a little bit in the company world. I was with the US Chamber of Commerce, with New York Life Insurance Company, and most recently with UPS before moving home to Boston a couple of years ago and uh, starting up a solo consultancy focused on some of these same issues. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today, um, and thank you for your contribution to Trade Experts blog. Um, if we can start off talking about the the trade facilitation agreement, can you give us a background on what that is? Sure. So the WTO trade facilitation agreement uh, has the distinction of being the only multilateral trade agreement agreed to by the WTO since its founding. Yet it kind of exists somewhat under the radar screen, given the, the number of other trade challenges that, that we're facing today. But it was an agreement that was initially reached uh, at the end of 2013. It, it didn't come into force until 2017, but it is really a soup to nuts customs agreement. It's designed to take time, cost, and complexity out of trade by dealing with everything from putting customs regulations on the internet you know, for transparency, to uh, border agency collaboration, to using various digital tools uh, to streamline customs processes at borders. What difficulties do developing countries have in, in implementing an agreement like this? Well, there are many. It, it often starts with the fact that customs procedures are largely manual, where you're relying on paper-based processes rather than some of the more modern data-based uh, processes that may be available in, in more developed countries. There are also sometimes capacity constraints in terms of the number of customs authorities, which can sometimes lead to you know, long truck backups and such. And of course, the manual paper processes don't help with that. And then and often there can be deviations from international standards in terms of just globally accepted practices and customs. So, so it can, can vary, but it's generally around capacity uh, constraints in the developing world. How is the TFA playing an important role in the response to the pandemic? Well, you know, border authorities have really had to navigate a, a difficult time in a, in a couple of respects. Obviously, they're trying to you know, accelerate the transit of health-related, sometimes food, uh, high-priority items across borders swiftly. 
Yet they're doing that in an environment where a number of countries were putting in effect various restrictions on trade, new requirements on trade, sometimes export bans altogether. So what we've seen with the trade facilitation agreement is that those countries that have embraced trade facilitation reforms have been better positioned to deal with some of the challenges of today. And, and interestingly, we're, we're finding that they, they really realize they're now gonna have a better foundation for recovery going forward to the extent that they are really embedding some of these practices by necessity because of these unusual times, uh, we see that they're very likely to be better able to help their exporters and importers uh, work more effectively in, a, in a, an economic recovery scenario. And I think you mentioned in your article that even amidst COVID pandemic, um, a couple of countries have ratified it or implemented it. Yeah, uh, that was good to see. Uh, so there are, are already, um, I believe it's 150 countries that have already ratified it through their domestic legislatures. But yes, even in this lockdown period, uh, Vanuatu, I saw, and Tanzania have, uh, have ratified. So it's not a perfect implementation record, uh, but we see some, and I don't mean for those two particular countries, but generally speaking, you know, there, there are some positive trend lines in terms of the percentage of provisions that are, are, are being implemented since, for example, the first year anniversary of the agreement. But of course, we need to really look at on the ground data and not re rely on the self declarations that countries make about what they've done or, or the promises that they've made. And there are groups like the, uh, the Global Express Association, for example, that are, that are capturing hold data at borders that lets you really see sort of in real life how this agreement is working. And you mentioned that implementing countries are required to have a national trade facilitation committee. Is that right? And, and can you tell us what a committee is? Yeah, I think it's a, a particularly interesting part of the agreement that, um, that countries are asked to set up these coordinating committees um, that are often largely comprised of, of government officials, but increasingly, and this is certainly an advocacy point that the business community makes, uh, you know, many are, are bringing in private sector voices as well, basically the users of the system to, to advise on uh, unneeded reforms. So in this, this COVID period, we've seen a number of these committees playing a really important role. Uh, in my article, I talk about the, the Rwanda National Trade Facilitation Committee, for example, which has been helping to disseminate uh, new procedures, new information uh, around um, importing, exporting pandemic-related measures. And I think some of these groups in other parts of the world are also, you know, advocating using this occasion where there's such a spotlight on, on the importance of trade facilitation to advocate for additional uh, flexibilities and uh, simplification of these procedures. So we're talking, we talk, uh, we talked about developing and develop and least developed countries, but how did the TFA affect developed countries? Did they have to make many changes to kind of, to do something like this? You know, it, it, it varies based on countries, but I think, you know, for the, for the advanced countries, I think a lot of it is really taking advantage of some of the new digital and technology tools to speed even further uh, the ability to uh, to clear goods across, uh, you know, across borders, whether that's uh, better use of advanced data. Uh, you know, data is very important when you 
when you talk about things like pre-arrival processing, which I mentioned in the piece, this is where, where authorities are able to pre-clear goods even before they've hit the port of entry. Well, that, that depends on data. So I think uh, increasingly uh, you'll see more and more developed countries capitalizing on some new innovations, everything from blockchain to you know, allow for more supply chain security and transparency. Um, you know, to other innovations that we're seeing. So I think that's where the advancements will come uh, in the developed world. And of course, just, it, just to reinforce also in terms of advanced countries really need to play a part in sort of capacity building with developing countries, whether that's their business communities working uh, with key trading partners uh, or governments through donor assistance uh, or other, you know, collaborative um, technical assistance training. Well, great. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to Leslie Griffin discussing her blog article titled Trade Facilitation and the Response to COVID-19, an update on the WTO Trade Facilitation Agreement. You can find it on the Trade Experts blog for COVID-19 at tradeexperts.org.